Hey everyone, welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guys, Ariane Petrucci. And Scott Jans. This is episode 140, The Life of an Outdoor Guide. On this episode, we dig into the topic of guiding outdoor adventure, discussing the pros and cons, the ups and downs, and ultimately what it takes to create the experience. As always, we throw in a bit of humor, sharing our highlighted failures when things don't go exactly as planned. And yes, there have been some rather big doozies. We answer some questions many of you have had over the past few years and offer you an insider look at what it's like to be an outdoor guide. You can always join in on this Facebook discussion on our Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast. Come hang out with us. Join in on the conversation. Uh, you know, really join the community page. Uh, get the involvement going. Hope to see you there. So I heard, rumor had it. <laughs> rumor had it. <laughs> You've been in the Is this sw- a song? <laughs> You've been in a swamp. <laughs> I, you know, I have been in a swamp. Uh, I just came out of the Okefenokee Swamp leading a group of six. Um, How was the swamp? <laughs> How is the swamp these days? The swamp was fabulous. Um, the trip was unbelievable an amazing experience hands down probably one of the most highlighted trips into the okefenokee by far and it was a little chilly (laughs) i feel like you're getting at something here. no 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 not at all as i was uh pushing everybody into the swamp um, I did notice that it, it was a little chilly. There may have been some teeth chattering. So we do this trip. for the first time ever, by the way. <laughs> well, we've had it. We've had it before. Uh, we do this trip uh, during a very short segment in the year. We can do it either one to two times in the year, and that usually happens in between January and the first week in April. January in southern Georgia is no different than January anywhere else. Well, Sometimes. yes, it is. Well, <laughs> yes, it is. Well, yeah. But we can get, uh, a lot of people think southern Georgia so close to the Florida border that temperatures just aren't your average winter temperatures, but... <laughs> In the swamp, they can get pretty chilly, and we had experienced the very tail end of a cold front going in, 31 degrees when we hit the water. Hit the water at 31 degrees. There are some teeth of chattering. (laughs) You could say. (laughs) And it was kind of cool because um, it was a very diverse group of people this time, and you could see them (laughs) smiling and saying let's let's get the adventure going at the same time they were they were you could see the look on their face like oh dear god it is freaking <laughs> cold out um but you uh but it was a very great trip you guys had a great time good to have you back uh, out of the swamp i'm glad your your life didn't go into the swamp and um but but it's also when i say I'm really glad that you are out of the swamp. (laughs) I really literally mean... Physically out of a swamp? I'm glad you're out, physically out of 
the swamp. So this is not you, an insider joke, people. <laughs> you got you got a little up close and personal with the swamp. I did. I did. Uh, one one could word it differently and say that I unexpectedly took a bath with the gators or perhaps chose to be one with nature. <laughs> or you were one you were one with nature, all right. <laughs> Which we're going to get into that in a little bit in the podcast, a little bit more about what we're talking about. Things well, that, don't always go right, and it created the inspiration for this podcast. Yeah, and I think uh, I, I think after watching that video, probably like a hundred times now, um, <laughs> it, it it did remind us that you know no matter how hard you um, plan and prepare. Uh, for a trip and you know you do your due diligence and every single thing goes right sometimes often uh, you just can't expect you, you can never plan for the unexpected and so guiding trips um you know <laughs> they they go 95 percent perfect all the time that's all i can say never a hundred percent never but that's what makes it so much fun and so that was a big inspiration of the podcast uh this episode and, and we've had questions over the years um about guiding and you know how we do it and you know uh how do you how do you plan and prepare and we've had comments like oh my gosh you know this trip was was awesome. How do you do it? And, you know, various comments. And so we thought this would be a good time to answer, you know, some of those questions and to kind of let everybody know that, hey, it, it doesn't go perfect and things do kind of just go wrong or mishap or, or whatever the case is. And that's kind of like the adventure sometimes. No guide trip is ever perfect, although there are things that happen that we don't uh, normally share on a public podcast like we're going to do now. But that's really what's cool about Ariana and myself, that we're very honest about uh, about all that kind of stuff. So um, I, guess I, I, I guess the first kind of gig um, to, to let people know is what, what the whole, what, what is the whole... What is what guide? Is, yeah, what what, what, is what is a guide? What is what does guiding an outdoor adventure really entail? What does it mean? You know how how is that umbrellaed into kind of what we do? Yeah. So like, what exactly is an outdoor adventure guide? Well, so a lot of people think outdoor adventure guides just take people out backpacking. Um, that's the that's one misconception. And although that's a little true, there's a lot more to that that goes into just pitching a tent and, you know, roasting marshmallows around the fire, which is a great part of it. But there's a lot more that goes into that. And the fact of the matter is that um, there would be no guiding. There would, there would be no such thing as an outdoor guide if it wasn't for you. If it wasn't for our guests, clients, um, we often call them when we're out in the field, we call them our listeners. 
um, which are our guests at the at the same time. Um, I think it's all about you know having fun. But if you're if you're going to be an outdoor guide, thinking it's for you to have fun, it, that's that's a huge misconception. It's not about you. It's not about Ariane and myself. It's really about our guests, our listeners. I, I read something somewhere that I thought was really impactful. Being an outdoor adventure guide is to facilitate an amazing experience for your guests, to meet their expectations, and it continues on into, you know, never kind of letting them see the back-end work of it, and it just is that magical experience that they're interested in. And that is a large portion of what we do. Yeah, because I hear a lot of uh, other people say, wow, I'd love to be out, an outdoor guide. I would get to see do that. I would get to go travel. I, I would go do this, that, and this, which is kind of true, but it's really, um, it's not about the guide at all. It's not about us. It's, it's always 100% about you and about your experience, your adventure, and, you know, making that safe and secure for our guests, and for I sure. And I can tell you that my outdoor experience, when I guide or when I just go outdoors for myself or with my friends or with you, it's a very different experience. I'm on, I'm on high alert versus just chilling and vibing in the outdoor environment. Right, it, right. It, there, is, there is a difference there, but it's still fun. So one of the one of the things about the guiding is that you know you really have to be kind of like really good at customer service and I know that sounds really super shallow but in the end you have to really know how to read people and you have to be able to um, you have to you have to kind of think and read uh, people before they actually get that thought into their head. So, like, even with the Okefenokee Swamp this last adventure, you could see there was some trepidation getting in the water when the temperatures were 31 degrees. <laughs> yeah, they had a smile on their face. It was a brave smile. <laughs> it was a very a, brave it smile. It was a pure pressure smile <laughs> you know yes, like i don't want to be the person who to cracks say no. <laughs> to say oh hell no not having fun yet <laughs> you know so it's, you gotta you so a good guide like they see that they see that before you admit it the uh, a guide knows that you you are already uh, nervous uh or you have anxiety before you even before you even one minute one minute into the trip. And so sometimes you have to, you know, you, you, you work through different difficult dynamics. You have to create experience that meets, you know, your guests' expectations. It's, it's a part of the, the job, really. Um, you know, your, your mission of the trip is to make the best adventure, the best experience that you can you can create and sometimes it's helping setting up tents as you did on this trip right on the okie it's you know taking charge of the chores around the around camp it, and it's with a smile on your face um 
it's it's actually or that's kind or of fun to do. or when you come out of the water saying it's okay <laughs> pop right back up pop right back up i'm okay guys <laughs> i'm okay <laughs> nothing to see here yeah look away <laughs> no, <laughs> look and, away look away and it it really is about you know, creating a great dynamic because, you know, not everybody's the same. Not all personalities match. Not everybody is going to be in the same frame of mind. And or it really, at the same time, there are different variables that affect different people. Right. And it's very much about reading the room, as you would say. But no, it really is. It, That's it, spot on. <laughs> reading the room. Reading, reading, reading the room and the outdoors. Right. <laughs> reading the large, great outdoors. <laughs> but it's it's more than that. It's getting to know. For me, so I am a people person, individual, and in small groups. You put me into a large scale environment of people. Let's say, a concert or a festival, and I, I, I go into hiding. But on a, on a very small scale, I love the engagement and the interaction with people. That's my jam right there. Like, I love it. But what Scott and I do, perhaps maybe a little bit more than your large-scale guiding services are, we get to know you on a very individual basis before we ever meet up. We have a lot of phone calls, a lot of conversations, getting to know you, asking very pointed, specific questions to understand what your fears are, your concerns are, your hesitations, your experience level with what we're doing. There's so many things that I would say probably seem like just general conversation that are pointed to understand you as an individual to help read that room and help guide through those processes. So by the time I meet somebody in person, I already have a pre-understanding of what I need to be looking out for as a guide to help facilitate what they want out of the adventure. I think a large part of it is is protecting, but also pushing towards their goals for why they're doing this adventure in the very first place. Yeah, I mean, that's such a great point because when we, we, we always do what we call um, a little prep time. So when we have these one-on-one conversations, we're, we're always asking questions. And sometimes the questions will probably sound ir- irrelevant to you. But for us, we're trying to assess you know, personality, we're assessing how important your goal is, what's your dream, like, what kind of adventure do you want to get out of it? And they're a good guide or a person that really, um, you know, really invests, I guess, right, in their yeah, clients and yeah, their guests, yeah, will that's a good really word. get a good feel of, okay, well, you, you said this is a lifelong goal. So, I'm invested in you not quitting. I think I think we're not adjusting. So like just as simple and this is a very simplistic example of of something and, and this is not so personal as as most of the goals that our listeners, our clients, our people that join us. Um I had somebody on this adventure trip with us in the Okefenokee go back and forth between kayak and canoe, kayak and canoe, kayak and canoe. And 
essentially talking herself out of doing what she really, really wanted to do and what she was most comfortable in because of all the fears and concerns that started creeping in. And I knew that point and I, and I knew that I wasn't, I, I knew the breaking point to not, not let her switch over to a canoe at that last moment when she tried, she tried. And it just even as small as that, it ended up being an incredible experience and there was no concern in the long run, but it's, it's just those little instantaneous things that, that you want to switch your mindset on or you feel uncomfortable with, or perhaps it's a group dynamic or a situational with a boat or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And, and I think with all the years that, you know, like I know I've, I've been doing it for 15 years. It's, it's kind of a long time. And with everything that, you know, with all the guiding trips that we've done, it, no matter how much you plan and prepare, sometimes it just doesn't, it just doesn't go right. Do you know I got yelled at one time? I mean, yelled at on a guided trip that I took. Have you ever heard of the Susan... um, Susan, uh, well, Race for the Cure. Susan right. Coleman. Right. Right? Uh, big big Race for the Cure. Well, I took her daughter, Stephanie Coleman. Um, we had become friends, and Stephanie looked at me, and she said, Scott, I want to climb a mountain. <laughs> it's very big. <laughs> I want to climb. That is my life. That is it. I want to I climb a mountain. I'm, and and I said okay, that's doable. And so a southern mountain, an eastern mountain. <laughs> <laughs> it was a mountain. It wasn't specific, but you know, uh, Steph and I uh, were were great friends. And um, you know, uh, you know, she was dealing with things. You know, because you know, like the race of the cure is kind of a big, kind of a big thing yeah. in our country. <laughs> yeah, you know, she had a lot of pressure going on, and so you know. Um, you know, she wanted to, to do something big. So I guided her um, up to Long's Peak in Colorado. It was a, a 14,000, 14er. And uh, you could backpack up there. And I, I planned the whole trip. And about a month out, you know, I'm like, well, Stephanie, you know, it, it, you're going to have to, you know, you, you might be have to make some oxygen choices up there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how well you're going to be able to adapt with thinner air so she got in shape she worked hard she she started running at night and she really took it seriously because that's what she wanted to do and uh and and we took her up there and it was hard and guess what it was hard to climb a mountain you know it took us two days to get up there we had to leave early in the morning to get off the summit because you know, lightning tends to strike granite. And the rangers were like, you got to get off that summit by noon or you're going to get struck by lightning. We ran down there and it was hard. It was really, really hard. And we got halfway down. We got to Crater's Lake and she had lost it. (laughs) She yelled and screamed at me and said it was too hard. 
you know, and I mean, she, she was mad. She was really mad at me. And we had, we finally got. A lot of that is coming from personal. It's emotion. It's adrenaline. It's experience. very emotion experience. And so we, we finally got down below tree line and we set up camp and I thought, oh my God, you know, like my career is ruined. <laughs> You're being buried alive in the Boulder field. You know, she's kind of a big celebrity person. She's gonna, she's gonna trash me, and she comes up to me, and she, uh, you know, she's crying, and she puts her arms around me. She gives me a big hug, and she goes, "Thank you." She goes, "I'm, I'm so sorry." She goes, "You were right. It's hard, but I did it." And I, I think, you know, like guiding is, it, it's not always easy. To push people into something that they want to do. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. Right. And right. that's the fine line between, you know, like, do you how, how far do you push them? When do you pull them back? Um, you know, like, when do you say, no, you're going to do it? Because, you know, it's happened to me. You know, it personally speaking, I was on a guided trip. I took an ice climbing class with the International Mountain Climbing School. And you were pushed. Well, I was pushed so hard, I had to walk sideways up Mount Washington in the snow because my guide said, no, you're, you're, you're not quitting. I don't care how bad your blisters are. Take your shoes off. But you're grateful for that experience. Oh, so grateful. Yeah, and I think... And so it happens to everybody. So I think when, when it happens to us, you know, as... As guides, as, as other guides have led us, and you know we've been in precarious situations. You know we just that's that's from experience that you know we have learned uh, through our own hard <laughs> adventure, <laughs> hard knocks, you know tears in our own eyes um, that you know we bring you know we bring that to our guests, and I and I think that's part of the guiding service and i think that's one of the things that um people that go on trips uh, specifically guided trips sometimes it's it's really easy to miss you know they they it's hard it, you know they don't i don't think they really see that sometimes yeah i mean i think i think a large part of it is understanding what they're trying to pull from the adventure are they just wanting an adventure and they want to sit back and let it happen to them or do they want to experience it to better themselves or something personal that they are trying to achieve through it. And once you understand that, you know the level in which you can play with the push and the shove and the, and the pull and the take and the give and the... <laughs> right, right, <laughs> but, absolutely. But it's, but it's it, you know, it's, as a guide, particularly when you start having more people come on an adventure we've had trips where you know two people have come in it's a lot easier we've had trips where seven people have been on it and i love i love the large scale groups but it does bring a challenge to the guides in the sense that now they're having to make decisions for an entire group but it's not going to necessarily well suit each individual. No, no, groups don't always agree with each other. And so there, there is an element. And, and for Scott and I, we, we really try hard to be the two-point system in the guide because it does offer us an escape route or offer us plan B. It offers us the ability to, 
to section the group a little bit more and adapt to the environments of the people and the and the needs of the individuals and it's and in some ways yes we take our guiding service to the nth degree we're very personalized with it we're very motivated by the people that that are going with us because that's what motivates us is the people that are on these trips and it's it's the ultimate experience for us is to offer something to somebody else and that's what makes us drive these adventures yeah and and you know but oftentimes oftentimes things don't go Things don't go right. Seems to be the theme of this podcast, <laughs> so, <laughs> which is which is so, so accurate. How many things haven't gone right on trips that we've guided? I I couldn't even count. Yeah, uh, endless, hundreds, endless, hundreds. So um, you know, I've gotten my bear bag or my food bag stuck <laughs> in trees twice on a guided trip. Let's just not say they just don't go wrong sometimes, but they're. In epic failures. Epic failures and quite embarrassing at times. Well, I think the I think the big I think one of the most so so one of the most I, I would say endearing but yet embarrassing <laughs> guiding trips was backpacking with the Baileys. And I know well, you guys have heard this before. And uh but yeah, I got I couldn't hang a a a, a food bag. <laughs> and it got stuck. You would think that's such a simple task. But no, that wasn't the worst part because it gets stuck, you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it was all the kids that were watching me. Kids don't and have a filter. None of the adults were there, but it was just all the kids that were going, uh, you need some help? And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> and so that happened. Um, They're like, is that supposed to do that? You know, going. going Should that happen? You know, going all the way back. <laughs> To you know the days when we when I first started back in two thousand and five, really teaching backpacking boot camp was you know people coming unprepared, people putting a trash bag over their shoulder, thinking it was a backpack. You know the guy that brought ninety five pounds of Campbell's soup cans in his in his in his backpack. I mean, all these things when you go out there to teach or you go out there to to kind of show them your what you know of having to deal with wow things i didn't see that coming <laughs> <laughs> that died. i did not see that coming um you know you know the the time that I was, uh, um, I was doing a, a backpacking boot camp, and uh, the guy uh, stabbed himself in the finger with his knife. Um, the the tent that flew into the river. The, <laughs> you know. I mean, endless, endless. Literally flew into the river, and then ourselves in the Grand Canyon. Um, you know, we, we, we did, what, we prepped for a week on electrolytes and water, we prepped it for a week and had people so concerned about water <laughs> that what happened when we got down to the first tier of the Grand Canyon? It poured, it poured rain. rain for hours. We had more water than we knew what to do with, and we we're like, we just carried all that water in. But and the look that they gave us was like, um, for real, this happens all the time, doesn't it? You 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 were screwing with us, right? We're like, no. Honest to God, this is a freak rainstorm. <laughs> More water than we knew what to do with. We were swimming in water. And 
We, we didn't even so use our water that night. We just put our <laughs> pots and pans over the the cliffs and just collected water. Those that that is an unexpected. Uh, yeah, we alluded to me falling into the swamp. True story. Oh, dude, you, you went swimming see, in the swamp with that video. Could not anticipate it happening. And worst case head was... First, <laughs> head first. In gator-filled swamp. Could, so, and of, the, the worst part of it was is that it was being filmed. And it's, it's very interesting because as a guide, there's this... Perhaps all of our listeners know better because we are very forthright about our errors and the humorous side of how to bring education to you at at the expense of laughing at ourselves. But I think they sometimes have this vision of us being impervious to error or that, that things won't go wrong to us because we're the one that things aren't supposed to go wrong to. Well, it did go wrong. I did tip my kayak and I did fall into gator-infested waters. (laughs) And I had a little moment of panic, I will be honest, because I was in, like, prime territory where they all stay because they know food is there. But I, I quickly, very quickly, after what felt like forever, I quickly recognized what I needed to do to get back into the kayak. I rolled it back in, and I just sat there. (laughs) <laughs> but the important thing is, is like, it, you know, like I, I these things happen. I did go swimming with the gator. They it, do happen. They do happen. <laughs> and, you know, we, we, we could probably go, we could probably do another hour of stories that things have gone wrong. But the, the important part of it is that you have fun. And so when things go wrong for us, it's your amusement. And <laughs> we share that with you because... That's what the outdoors is all about. The The outdoors is never going to be perfect. Never. Mother Nature is going to hand you something every single time that you cannot anticipate. Yeah. And, and that's really the reality of any kind of, you know, I don't care if you're guiding, um, uh, you know, you take the Inca Trail guide trips and, and you go to Peru and you go to you know, Iceland, and you do the big, uh, you know, any kind of vacation tour. I mean, let's face it. How many Carnival Cruise accidents? <laughs> Man. I mean, another ship ran into another ship last month. I mean, you know, is that a guided trip? You well, you wouldn't well. expect a ship to crash into another ship. I want so one of I the guess, most. You know, <laughs> you know. I, I. That's just me. You know. Did so, that go wrong? Absolutely. One of the most impactful things that I have ever been taught in my adult life, um, was, I was I was opening stores for a company for a very long time, and I had an incredible teacher. Uh, to kind of show me the ropes and teach me how to do things. And one thing she said to me is she goes, I don't care if the building's crumbling around you. You don't, you, you, you keep it together and you lead your people. You, you don't let them see you sweat. You don't let them see you freak out. And, and that's something I've taken with me. She goes, you can do it in the bathroom. You can do it away from people, but never 
let them show weakness on your face. And that's something I've taken with my adult life. But I find it somewhat relevant. Now, as our podcast listeners, everyone knows that, (laughs) yes, we do things wrong. Yes, things go wrong. And yes, Um, I do cry in the bathroom. (laughs) Yes, yes, we do cry. (laughs) And yes, we do have an emotional investment in the process. But guiding is not so much that as it is that it's the experience that you're creating for people. And when you crumble, they crumble. When you start to show concern, the trip has concern and the people have concern and you're there to offer an experience. And for guiding, it's very much like that. For Scott and I, it's extremely personal to the people. It's extremely personal of an experience because we like to create that, that, that individual basis and and I just I, I, I think about that in my daily life every single day. And I think it kind of is relevant here to the idea of a behind the scenes reality look of 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 what we do put into our our guiding business. Yeah. So along with being, you know, guides, um, we get a lot of questions about, well, you know, what, uh, you know, what qualifications do you have and. And, you know, how do you become an outdoor guide and how the, how that whole thing works? Um, I recently got a text message from from somebody we, we've been talking back and forth to. And, you know, um, they, they, were, they were thinking about doing an outdoor guide. And so one of the things that, you know, you, you got to have to be an outdoor guide is you got to have your wilderness first aid certification. You got to have your wilderness first responder for uh, uh, certification. Uh, you can all the way. You can go all the way to your EMT. That's a WEMT level um, certification. You definitely got to have a Red Cross certification. Um, if you want to be a climbing guide, there is the IFMGA certification that you get. Um, you can get the AMGA certification if you want to be a climbing guide or ice climbing guide which Ariane, uh, she went with people that had that certification when she started ice climbing. If you want to be a kayak guide, you have to have your ACA certification, and that's the American Canoe Association, which is really the same almost as kind of like your wilderness first responder or wilderness first aid uh, certification, but it's the American Canoe Association um, and all of these certifications are renewable every year. Um, some of them are renewable every two years. So those are all important certifications to have when you you guide. And um, they all have costs to them. Um, you, you, if you're lucky enough to work for another company to be a guide, then they pay for a lot of things like liability insurance. If you're like us and you're doing it on your own, trying to build a business, you got to pay for all that. You know, you pay for liability insurance, but you also have to pay for lodging. You have to pay for transportation. Um, how long did we live in our 1998 Ford Expedition going on trips? A very, very, very long, long time. time. <laughs> very long time. I have seen how that car more. ever made it across the country <laughs> twice. I don't know. I think at one point we slept in that vehicle far more than we did 
uh, our our home at that time. Well, the, the the funny thing is, you know, people think that being an outdoor guide is oh, it's glamorous, it's it's exciting. You can go to all these places. Yeah, that's true, but people forget about the day before and the day after. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the day before you're 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 crammed in a car, you're crammed in a van. That's why we we got the backpacking van. Very uh, much enjoy that aspect. You know, of it. Uh, there's a huge cost depending on if you want a shuttle service. If you don't want a shuttle service, you've got food, gas, parking fees, permit fees. You've got gear rental fees. You know, and, and then by the time you finally get back down to you know what your time is, you know you're not. It, there's that you're not going to get rich being an outdoor guide for any stretch of the imagination <laughs> unless you know you're working for a bigger company. Now, um, just to share with you guys um, something that was really super personal to me um, early on was I used to, I almost went on a guided trip with a, a big company, a big Grand Canyon company. And, uh, well, they, they do trips all over, but this particular trip was Grand Canyon. And I almost spent, you know, the, the $2,500 to go on that trip. It was before I met Ariane, and, you know, I wanted to do the Grand Canyon. And and there, there was nothing more special to me that after, and I knew who they were, but after so many years of taking people out and finally trying to build this guiding business and finally started taking people out, there was nothing more, I guess, the word cool is the only <laughs> thing that comes to mind, was driving to the Grand Canyon when we took our guests to the North Rim and seeing their van. There at the same time At we the were. same time next to our vehicle. And I'm like, you know... Scott took so many selfies next to that van. He's I like, did. I did. <laughs> I was really proud of that because, you know, like I... It, it is... It's hard work. It's... But it's fun work. It's rewarding work. And, um, you know, I think it's important that we we kind of share that with you guys because it's not easy. Um, it, it does take a lot of trip planning. We are slave to permits and regulations and special, um, uh, special permit uses, and everything else that everybody else is, um, you know, slave to. And the one thing that it always um, that always blows us away, I guess, is that you know one national park works differently than the other national park. One wilderness area or uh, national forest works differently than a BLM land. And they're managed differently, and they're they're there. There's different permits for different situations, and like you know, for the Okefenokee Swamp, you can ask all day for what you want, but in the end, they're gonna tell you what you're gonna get, and then it's just being able to adapt to what they give you versus what you want to do. And so, you know, like when we put a trip on our schedule, or we say, hey, we're gonna go. It's probably because we finally got permission. <laughs> and it's probably not the itinerary that we originally wanted to go on. Well, many which times, takes that's many why times it takes it so long sometimes yeah. to actually finalize a trip because, you know, yeah, there 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 are parts of the country that we do get special treatment with and and there are secrets uh, to the gig. 
absolutely. Um, there are definitely secrets to getting permits for the gig. I actually posted that on a Patreon page at one point in time to seek a secrets to getting permits. Um, but in the end, it it does take a minute. It it doesn't happen. It's not like I call the ranger and say, "Hey, man, I just would love to book a trip, man." And there, you know, it's it, it, there's a process, and it it does take a minute. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot, a lot of legwork, a lot, a lot of logistical things, not only from the beginning of determining you're going in uh, to assuring the permits, to making sure that everybody in the group is adaptable to that plan and can can do it. Um you know, at, 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 at generally the same level for the most part, um, there's a lot of tough decisions we have to make in the moment. There's a lot of tough decisions we have to make before the trip. Um, but it's truly, truly such a rewarding experience and something that we have endless amounts of enjoyment and fun with. Um, in, in guiding these services. So we're really looking forward to building our 2020 calendar. Well, and to my friend that um, texts me about the the guiding business, I, I would say this, is that, you know, it, um, it doesn't happen overnight and it takes a lot, a lot of experience. You know, we've been doing this for a minute. I've been doing it for 15 years. Um, I've seen a lot of stuff happen and the best... The best thing I could ever tell you, my friend, um, is that um, don't go out to do it because uh, don't do it for the money and don't do it because you think you're going to be able to see exotic places and you're going to be able to uh, go to different places. You got to do it because you love meeting people and seeing the look in people's eyes when they do something great. And that's the biggest reward that we get f for what we want to do. And, and and that's it. I mean, the Okefenokee Swamp, we took two Patreon members. We took, and, and one of the, one of our Patreon members, um, Jack, took our AT prep class. And so we met him when we were teaching Appalachian Trail prep at Mountain Crossings. He did 700 miles, got off the trail. Then he did another 1,100 miles. Lisa went to I Royale. Um, Jim, who's been a friend of ours forever. I think he's been in the swamp like about 20 times. <laughs> um, he could live in the swamp. We took Randy, um, who'd never kayaked before. Um, so, you know, you get that. That um, And we, we took Bill, who was a, a naval, he kept on reminding us, a naval... Uh, officer, a, a naval navigation, navigation officer, officer, and forgot to bring the map. Um, so <laughs> we, <laughs> we. It's very, very different a boat and a navy ship. Right, right. But he laughed and. Oh, you he, know, was, he was a hoot, man. And, I really and, enjoyed but him. That's the rewarding part of it is that with everybody we've taken out, we we know who you are. We have memories, you know, and, and surely in the last podcast, who um, just did this endearing video 
um, to Ariane about um, what her experience was. And, you know, and you heard in the last podcast about, you know, um, yeah, I'm cold, but I'm going to learn how to cold hammock camp, damn it. Um, and, and, and it's a very rewarding experience. And, you know, that I would tell people that being an outdoor guide is all about the connection you have with the people that you're bringing out. Um, some, a lot of times it's it's, the, it's for the first time. And, and we will take the being yelled at by um, Stephanie Coleman. And we will be, we'll, we'll take that because in the end. We've been yelled at, cried, cried <laughs> on. Cried on. <laughs> you did. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm pretty sure I got kicked once in the shin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll take it because that's, that's, it's, it's, you know, in the end, we want to see the look in your eyes when uh, um, you you complete that adventure, and and that's that's a huge thing. So you guys, thank you so much uh, for listening. We really appreciate it. If you enjoy the podcast, please post a comment on iTunes um, or Apple Podcasts. We could use the comments up spread the word about our podcast, um, or for that matter, any of your favorite podcatchers. Um, shout outs to our lovely and amazing Facebook members, our patrons, John Phillips, Rick, Jerry, Shirley, Jerry, Suzanne Johnson, Brad Wolf, Helene, Mike Pellet, Jacqueline, Danny Bowen, Jack Masters, Amy Tappendorf, Jeff Nyman, Kathy Kennison, and our newest pod, our newest patrons, uh, Bob and Matthew Creecroft. Really appreciate you guys. Patreon, by the way, it's a secure platform that lets you support your favorite podcast. All you need to do is create an account, go to Trust the Trail Podcast, and as little as $2 a month, get special benefits for exclusive content. Just started doing the the Trust the Trail gear talk. Just put that up on our uh, Patreon page. We talked about the layering system 101. Layering system 101 on our Trust the Trail gear talk on our Patreon page. Our podcasts are available on any of your favorite podcatchers, even iHeartRadio. If you aren't on one, if you if we're not on one of your favorite podcatchers, let us know. We'll get on there for you. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Trust the Trail Will. We have an epic picture of our kayak group. You want to go check that out. And our Trust the Trail Facebook page. Remember, no matter what trail you're on, even if it's a swamp trail. <laughs> They are Ariane. trails. They're water trails. <laughs> when you, or or when in you, a water trail. When you accidentally trail. fall in, <laughs> remember, the trail does give you everything you need, even if you get out wet. So trust, trust the, the trail. trail. Bye, you guys.